But let's bring in our next guest, and that's going to be Dave Nadig, the Director of Research at ETF Trends. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me, Tom. Oh, I finally remembered that we have you coming on, Dave. Sorry about that. <laughs> on the it's break. All it's all good. You're not OJ. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. It's all good. <laughs> all right. We've got equity markets at or near all-time highs. What kind of breath are you seeing in the flows to some of these ETFs? Because if you look at it on a technical basis, I mean, you could mark any of them, QQQs, SPY, DIA, IWM, they're all overbought on a technical level. level. But are these, uh, you know, the, the liquidity going into these names, is that providing the, the uh, you know, the backstop here? Absolutely. I mean, I think we have to acknowledge we're in a bit of a relentless bid market. And if we look at the flows overall, it's been very risk on. We've been running about four to one equity to fixed income. That's sort of a ratio I look at to sort of get a sense where advisor money is flowing. And if you look at where that equity money is going, it's just going into cheap beta. It's IVV and SPY and the Qs and VOO and VTI. Just those five funds alone pulled in $30 billion in October. That's you know almost half the money that we saw go into, uh, or 25% of the money we saw it go into all equity flows. And that's been happening month after month after month. So with so much activity going on in the market, I find it funny, honestly, that we forget how much money is just going into these cheap market cap beta weighted experiences. And, and yet we do a lot of talking about a lot of the corners of the market, whether it's crypto or uh, you know AMC or stocks like that. The real market here is just this relentless bit of incoming money into the market. Yeah, and it's completely, Dave, at this point, risk on, in my opinion. When you see moves in Bitcoin uh, like we have, you've seen move back into the, some of the cyclicals this week and uh, at the end of last week. Uh, but if you look at that, Along with the flows into the ETFs themselves, the volume on options, on speculation to the upside, is just rampant. We've had the VIX up the last two days with the market at all-time highs. That's telling me that it's not just investors buying downside protection. They're buying upside that FOMO trade, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a FOMO or a YOLO trade, depending on how you want to look at it. We've seen so much volume, and particularly, you know, the e this is an easy market to analyze. Just look at the average trade size in the options market. It's one, right? It's individual contracts being bought by individual investors, you know, whether that's through their Robinhood account or their E-Trade account or their TD account. It doesn't matter. This is a flood of retail money chasing those convex gains that they're hoping to get out of the options market. And it's not just simple options. It's not just single stocks. We're seeing it throughout the entire market. So I think it's a really exciting time. You mentioned Bitcoin. One of the most interesting things has been to watch the rise of this Bitcoin ETF, BITO, and the options market that that has sort of engendered underneath the hood. It's an entire new market for exposures that frankly just didn't exist for most investors just a month ago. It's really staggering. Yeah, and I think with the advent of a lot of these new products for, you know, the individual investors to get involved in and the ability that the market's giving them uh, at this point uh, with low interest rate environment, accommodation by the Fed, earnings that are just blowout numbers. Now you're starting to get some more, uh, some improved data. Does the outlook, when you look at Bitcoin and it's up eight and a half percent on the day today and you see BITO following suit, right? It's based on the futures uh, that we look at every day. Is that telling you that 
it's it, at this point because it reminds me, Dave, so much of when I was down on the trading floor in '99, 2000, where it's just I got taxi drivers telling me that they were buying Yahoo back then. It, it, that's it, the it really, that's the scary part. Do you think that the market supports these valuations at this point and these flows that you're seeing in the ETFs? Look, I think that it's fair to say that we have pockets of the ETF industry that are just going to be fine, right? I, I, I'm not worried about IWM and SPY crashing down to oblivion. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the activity I've seen in crypto, I think that's where most of the hot money is right now. And it's pretty easy to see that, right? It's clearly high volatility. It's exciting. You know, you mentioned being on the trading floor in the 90s. I was running an active tech fund at the time. It was chaos. And that's a lot of what it feels like today, right? We had... Yeah. Uh, you know, any sector that's small that gets a little tiny bit of interest just turns into a meme stock overnight. Look at what happened to cannabis just over the last two trading sessions, right? I mean, it was up, what, 10% at one point this morning on the backs of the idea that maybe we might get some Republican support for some legislation that might get passed someday, right? right? So any little catalyst just melts everything up. I uh, just, just reminds me of pets.com uh, there, Dave. But uh, on another note, uh, another area that's starting to pick up some steam is travel and leisure. You know, we've got uh, Jets, uh, the ETF, was up uh, over 11% so far this month. And we saw some of the data coming out of Delta and United uh, and American that international travel is picking up and demand is there. Because, Dave, I've been pricing out flights to Australia for about two months now, and they are just triple what they used to be before the pandemic. Yeah, you had to strike fast if you were really trying to get those bargain basements. But there's no question. You look at the numbers we've seen, just the average number of uh, you know sort of turn turnstiles that the FAA is tracking. We're almost back to normal in a lot of ways. Uh, and when you know you think about how you approach a market like that, um, Jets you mentioned is the sort of key ETF for this. It's not just airlines; it's manufacturers, service companies, and it's really done an excellent job of capturing that trade, if you will. I think it's very hard to be bearish on this sector right now. And there's still a lot of room for this to run. You can see it's already well down from its highs. I think all the signs are pointing towards, yes, towards a broad basket. I'd be a little nervous about trying to pick, say, a Southwest versus an American right now. Consumers are fickle. Uh, we don't really know who's going to be doing the right thing and the wrong thing. We've got labor issues. We've got supply chain and maintenance issues. A big diversified basket is absolutely the, the way I would play a headline like the Thanksgiving travel season. Yeah, and if you look at jets, you know, we're talking airlines there, but then you look at uh, some of the hotel companies uh, back to near all-time highs, if not at all-time highs. And then on top of that, the Expedias, uh, the Booking.coms are also doing well. And with that amount of liquidity out there and pent-up demand, do you see more flows into these travel and leisure ETFs? Haven't seen a lot of flows. I mean, I think that's been one of the interesting things. There's some really clear sort of name above the title players in the space, Jets being the really obvious one, but we haven't seen any flows in that in a month or two. I'm not sure that the trade is there yet, if you will. I'm not sure that the retail investor, the advisor is starting to make those core allocations. I think there's some real concern still for hospitality and leisure, inflation being the biggest one, labor inflation being the obvious one. You look at where the, the biggest holes are in the labor market based on the data we've seen the last two weeks, it's right there. It's right in that sector or really in manufacturing and transportation of goods. It's tough. So I think it's very hard to make a call on who's going to get it right, but I think it's very easy to be bullish on the sector. 
Yeah, one uh, one final question, and I know we didn't really want to talk about this, but I would like to talk about it, is, is ARC and Kathy Wood. You know, I love the transparency of somebody that does, goes out there and says, this is what we bought on a daily basis. I love it. Uh, but now I, I believe there's a short ARC ETF that starts trading later this week. Uh, it's not listed yet, uh, but it's short. Uh, Kathy Wood and ARK Invest. I mean, what do you think about when when you see ETFs pop up like that? Yeah, I you know, to some extent, you can sort of think of it as opportunistic sour grapes. But the reality is, you know, at this point, ARK has come to personify an entire kind of investing. The idea of innovation as an asset class, we really have to give Kathy and her team credit for pushing that to the forefront. If you're gonna do that, if we're going to make innovation an asset class, it means we need to have the tools to work around that asset class. So I'm not negative. I think SARK is gonna be the ticker from, from Matt Tuttle. Um, I'm not negative on this fund. It's obviously a very tactical tool to make a very specific kind of trade. It's not a long-term investment. Obviously, any 100% short equity fund should be expected in the long run to go to zero. It's just a question of how it gets there. I don't think every one of the stocks in Kathy's portfolios are obvious shorts, but I understand that people are going to want to take the other side of those pretty aggressive trades. Uh, yeah, she's had a choppy year so far in 2021, but a, a great 2020. All right, great conversation, Dave. Uh, I loved seeing the flows. Just let me know when you see, start seeing some of those flows into the QQQs or SPY, uh, tell me when those start dry, drying up. Maybe that's when <laughs> this rally will run out of steam. All right, that's Dave Nadig, the Director of Research at ETF Trends.